When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) You could just look at her license. My special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. (laughs) (laughs) It's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and you know we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there, and then call us back later. But the key is, is that they don't know all their rights, or they're not told all the rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding, uh, so they can help themselves and their families as best they can. And the number is is eight hundred seven seven zero seven zero zero eight. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we have the Sklar Brothers in the studio. Talking good old time movies. Next on The Best Of. We are back. Tom Bernard shows Sklar. Sklar Brothers are in studio. They're at Acme this week. Uh, sold out the eight o'clock show tonight and tomorrow night, and tickets are going fast for the two ten thirty shows. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, come on out, get tickets. Yeah, I mean, really, the the late show tomorrow night is like now really creeping up. So, the one of your shots to see it would be late show tonight, Friday. Late shot, to, late shot tonight. Okay, Take the that late shot show tonight. Take it. Best shot. Yeah. Best All shot. right, that works for me. Good. There's cool. no question. Good. 
So things are good. We were just asking a question uh, in the last hour. Mm-hmm. The uh, we're talking about, and, and it just happened to come up. Uh, the classic funny movies, uh, the Blazing Saddles yep. and Animal House and Caddyshack and Airplane, yep. and there were a couple more mentioned. Has there been a, a movie anywhere near that funny in the last five years? In the last five years? I would put Anchorman in that category. I always thought the Anchorman movies said, said, were yeah. just... Yeah, they're up there. I mean, I'm a hu- we're a huge fans of Wet Hot American Summer. That came out maybe 10 years ago. No, it was about 18. Eight, 2000. Wow, was that yeah. 18 years ago? God, in what? five years. Wet Hot American Summer was, in our opinion, just funny from top to bottom. What else has come out recently that was just... I don't think they make those movies. I mean, when Naked Gun came out, that was, you know, again, Very that was funny. from yep. that period of time. Here's here's how important Airplane was. And even in our development and, and you know, and as com- wanting to be comedians, as comedians and, yeah. and the type of comedy we loved, our parents, like, they never did this, but they invited all of our friends over and their friends over, and we had Airplane on VHS. This was like early, early VHS. Oh, God, yeah. And yeah. we watched Airplane with a bunch of people at our house, almost like it was like a movie theater, and everyone was like, it was so fun to watch it raucously with a bunch of people. Yep. It just was, it said to us, because we never did that with any other movie, okay, this is important. You know what I mean? It was actually, they made it important that we watched that movie, and it just was so funny. There's you, so just, much. you just watched Napoleon Dynamite with your kid, and you thought that was pretty I funny. watched Napoleon Dynamite with my oldest More daughter, who's 12. Funny. More weird, but she really connected with it, thought it was very, very funny. I did as well, though. I, I did. I thought that movie was very funny. Uh, the older brother's great. Just the slice of life <laughs> in that. The older brother was so funny. He was just... I mean, everything about and the it. Was... The uncle was. The uncle's. I met John Grease, the guy who played the uncle, who also, you know, great movie. One of a very underrated, hilarious movie where Val Kilmer was hysterical and was real genius. And John Grease, the guy yeah. who played Uncle Rico, played Laszlo Hollyfeld, the guy who lived in his closet, who was the sweepstakes winner, like the lived in Val Kilmer's closet, in, in Mitch's closet, and the thing. I mean, he got like there's a system to go down to where he was, and I mean that was. He was he was fantastic. He's been around forever and a really great guy. But he talked about how he when I just met him at this thing. He talked about how much he loved doing Napoleon Dynamite and working with the Hess brothers. Well, um, I've always enjoyed that movie. I heard a and this is weird, but I heard a commentator on the NHL Network uh, on Sirius Radio talk. He talks about how when young people graduate from high school, school, his sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, cousins, whatever. He gives them a a DVD pack of like these are the movies you have, have to, watch to watch so that to you get through life and it's slap shots, yep. airplane, yep. it's uh, um, blazing saddles and a couple other movies. I would put Fast Times at Ridgemont High up there as well. I just watched that in its entirety and I thought, man, this is, every scene is great. Every scene yep. is just. If it's not really funny and it Sean was really Penn's funny, best role. Sean, I mean, greatest role. We yep. we look at that as like I'm sure Sean Penn probably wants to distance himself that you know from mm-hmm. that, but he really captured what it was like to be one of those stoner surfing dudes. He did it better than anyone else. And like, <laughs> think did. about think about how every other movie after that tried to duplicate that character in the 80s. Yep. Like they just tried to reduplicate that character, and you can't. I would do say it. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is up there. I think that in Love terms it. of comedy and in terms yep. of a story and a show that that's definitely up there. Yeah, 
I mean, well, now we're at the point where we're trying to show our kids movies that we watched, which is always you sure, you know, you try and do that. You go into that with the highest of hopes. You're like, I'm going to reach into my past and then meet my child in the present. And then we're going to walk hand in hand into a rainbow future to get that never happens. No, no, no. <laughs> they ruin, <laughs> they ruin the movie for damn you. movie for you. And it just is like, really? yeah, they ruin it, man, because they just uh, Jay tried to show his son. I, I tried to get my son because he was doing Taekwondo. He's not into karate kid. And I was like, let me get him this movie. And I made the mistake of getting it for him on the iPad, which is too much power for the kid. Because with a finger, they can toggle to any point in the movie and watch it over and over (laughs) and over again. (laughs) To the point where you hate it. Yeah, like the the, he loved that all Valley Karate tournament scene at the end, which we all loved. At some point, but now, like I've seen it more than the people who edited the karate. Kid. <laughs> That's right, and you know how much that. I've seen it. It's, it's just it's madness. terrible. And and the crazy thing is, like PG movies back in the day, they were like there was no PG thirteen. There was always something in a PG movie from the eighties where you're now going to have to have a conversation with your kids that you didn't. You wanted to wait until they were going through puberty to have that conversation. You're like, oh uh, god, I got to touch about this. PG thirteen, PG in the eighties was like everything that wasn't Porky's. That's you it. Know what I mean. <laughs> That's true. So you that got, is true. I mean, thirteen kind of gives you that edge. Do you think that it's just they're they're so afraid they're going to offend someone that movie makers just won't do it? Yeah. I think that's that's a big yeah. that's a big part of it. You can't just I don't think there is that freedom to just go out there and let it fly however you want to do it it just isn't i you know what i watched the other day that i th- that was again i thought hysterical from top to bottom was vacation the original vacation there was just that period i i mean i watched fletch which i love yes. fletch so much yep. but i watched it again with my daughter and it was good and chevy chase was incredible but it didn't make mm-hmm. me laugh as much as you know you watch caddyshack i we watched caddyshack on a plane recently and i was like right their performance in uh, bill murray it, it actually i always wasn't in love with bill murray's performance in caddyshack until i just recently watched it and i was like he is yep. doing so much funny stuff that i just didn't catch the first time around meatballs i loved him in meatballs that was a great movie oh yeah camp. summer camp yeah unbelievable that's but very quickly, sure. I just uh, we were in Punta Cana mm-hmm. uh, with a bunch of listeners, and I was flying back. I had to fly into Miami, which oh my god, don't ever go through customs in Miami. It's <laughs> yeah, a it's, it's terrible. Oh, <laughs> hours and hours, or whatever. It was an hour and a half, but it felt like about two days. Mm-hmm. Right. But in any case, we're, we're flying back, and. Uh, the flight attendant did a great job. He did a really nice job going around everybody and taking care of everybody and making sure everybody's good and all the rest of it. But he said something, and it just struck me like, this is where we are now in this world that you have to say something like that. Mm-hmm. He's bringing around the cookies for everyone after their dinner. Mm-hmm. And they have a choice of a snickerdoodle uh-huh. or a chocolate chip cookie. I know it's coming. And as he, he said to them... Um, we have cookies here. We have your selection of cookies. You can either have, you may have a snickerdoodle or a chocolate chip, but I don't want you to feel any pressure to choose one or the other because we have lots of them. So don't feel pressured to pick one over the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, now we're if it actually. It comes to the day when I start, yeah, yeah. We're sensitive to the cookies feelings. Look, I, I think oh, the snickerdoodle God. shaming has to stop in America. Can we stop <laughs> shaming the snickerdoodles of America? I mean, 
let's let's just be a people and let's say all cookies I'm are staring equal. at I'm staring at a black man right now and I'm not afraid to say Snickerdoodles lives matter. They do. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they're just as tasty I'm as not, chocolate chips. Yes. Right. They're just as tasty <laughs> as chocolate chips. And they deserve the same I can't believe, like, who was going to be offended by that? Literally, who is that <laughs> flight attendant trying to protect Tom? I, I, that, I just stared down at my tray table, and I didn't, it. I didn't want either one of the cookies, but I just thought, if it gets to the point where I'm feeling pressure, oh, my God, which cookie should I take? Yeah. I, don't, uh, I can't take it. Give me yeah, one of too both much and pressure. leave me alone. Yeah, one of both. One of both, <laughs> and let's just stop talking about this right now. Yeah, I mean, I, we have become sensitive, which, you know, is, as comedians, we're always trying to find the line. Where's the line? And then you got to step over it just to make sure, just to keep everybody honest. You know what I mean? So yeah. where's yeah. that line? And, and, the, and the line has moved a lot. You know, I think people are really sensitive. I feel like because of the current political climate, we've lost a lot of, like, the ability to, to make fun of ourselves, you know? People don't admit that they make mistakes anymore, and that's really hard. So I feel like it's our job to kind of either through making fun of ourselves or just literally coaxing out what are the things, the blind spots that people have. We have to, like, put it out there in, in, in the public. Uh, the movie no, Vacation. No yeah. For a short second, put East St. Louis on the map. Oh, yeah, it did. I mean, that is an uncomfortable scene to watch in there. That's something that I was like, all right, that doesn't hold up as well as I would like it to. Uh, no, but it everything... holds up very well. As you can tell, I'm not from East St. Louis. No, no. no. East St. Louis is <laughs> still a rough area. Yes, I it mean, is. It's still a very rough area. Like. Yeah. Of the houses that are still standing up in East St. Louis. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, it, it was two things about East St. Louis. Its major export for hookers, a while was... Strippers. No, for a while it was athletes. Yeah. Yes. Jackie Joyner, Joyner Kersey. Kellen Winslow mm-hmm. Sr. Yeah. Yeah, Winslow Sr. Johnny Pole, mm-hmm. on and on and on. And the other one was, at one time, they sued the federal government. This was in the... Uh, early 90s, I think. They sued the uh, federal government for $2 million just to get trash picked up and the street lights turned back on. I mean, <laughs> that was not... It was, as kids growing up, it was like, do not go over, go there. over there. Just right. don't go over there. I'm sure you heard that as well. Right. Just don't go over there. Right. And, and, you know, there are parts you, you just have to be careful where, where you're going. But I definitely thought that. I watched that on scene and I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> I don't know. And you, there's, I mean, definitely there are things you couldn't make today. You just couldn't do that right. today. You really couldn't. No. You get heat. No, and I think we we're talking about that, even though the movie was completely rewritten by Richard Pryor, that there is no way they'd make Blazing Saddles today. Not Absolutely a- not. You certainly couldn't use the N-word. I mean, you certainly couldn't no. use that in there. That- even though even though everyone who used it was made to be a fool. Every single right, person yeah. who used that thing was... The people in the town were infinitely dumber than Cleavon <laughs> Little. Little. Mm-hmm. He was... By the way, and could... He was the best. I mean, I mean I, just take the, scene where they- he, take the scene where he meets them for the first time. And he pretends to take himself hostage. hostage. And they all believe it. He's crazy enough to do it. <laughs> Hold it. He's crazy. He just might do he, it. He might just do it. And that, that moment is the moment where you're like, oh, they're the fool. Mm-hmm. He is the hero. And right. you kind of see what, right. and you do see what Richard Pryor was trying to do. And it's so funny because I know they wanted Richard Pryor to play that role. 
They really wanted him to play that role. And I have to say, I thought Cleavon Little, Richard Pryor would have been great because right. he's just great and was great in everything he did. But yes. I thought Cleavon yes. Little was it was a stroke of genius because he was cool he was yep. great looking he was you know what i mean he was it, that unbelievable mix of handsome and could pull off the comedy just hearing him say 15 schnitz and grubens is my <laughs> limit yeah that's my limit on schnitz that's my limit on schnitz and grubens <laughs> made me laugh every time every Fantastic. time well uh, those scenes with just Gene Wilder and Cleavon Little. I well, that mean, one scene where, where he says to him, what do you want to do now? And Gene Wilder says, well, we could play chess. Yeah. We could screw. Yeah. And Cleavon Little goes, let's play let's chess. Let's play chess. <laughs> exactly. Let's play chess. I mean, how great was... Yeah, I, I literally look at a talent like Gene Wilder and just truly unbelievable in that movie. And... He just everywhere he was, every single movie he was in during that period of time, he he just lit it up, lit it up Popped. in a very specific way. He was so specific with the way he acted; it was brilliant. Hey, hey, Tom. But there have to be young actors out there now. There have to be young actors out there now who would be that good, but they just won't let them. Yeah. No, no. Well, you were talking about um, Chappelle letting the world mm-hmm. in on why he stopped the show well he really let the right. world in on on the last thing special he, yeah. he did for netflix yep mm-hmm. and he talked about how he was comparing his life to iceberg slim and i know you've read that did uh, you read that book mm-hmm. tom i know you've read that book before yep and yep. uh what he was literally getting to was how it wasn't the fact that black people were getting upset with him about making uh whites laugh at us it was his fear that he was being pimped. Well, that so that's so by, literally by it, Comedy Central. I can tell you what it was, truthfully. Okay, you watch that last special with Dave Chappelle, and Chappelle is someone we know and truly love. Okay, right. as a person and certainly as a comedian. All right, you watch that last special, and the moments where he could just sit with his thoughts. What he was so good about is like presenting like a very real statement and then undercutting, and then undercutting it. it. But he needs that yeah. dramatic pause of just sitting there. Now, when he was at the tippy top of his, you know, was he was at the very tippy top of his uh, game and he was doing his thing, he sort of. What was crazy is that he like couldn't even he couldn't even he would say like take a pause for a second and. Hang on, is that you, I don't think that's me. Is that you? We will be right back. <laughs> right, we'll right, back. right after we'll this. We'll take a right back. We'll finish up. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. She said and she swore that she never would deceive me. But the devil take the women for they never can be easy. Mushering, darn do, darn da. Quite foul, the daddy oh. Quite foul, the daddy oh. There's whiskey in the jar. That the Sklar Brothers on this St. Patrick's Day episode of The Best Of. Coming up next, we had comedian Todd Glass on the phone promoting his new Netflix special. Next on The Best Of. To be ready for the slaughter, mushering the doodanda. Quack fall the daddy-o, quack fall the daddy-o, there's whiskey in the jar. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our very special guest, Todd Glass. Todd Glass's Netflix special act, Happy. Todd, how have you been? 
Tom, Tom, Tom. How you doing? Tom, 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 Tom. Now you sound like my mother. My mother used to do that. Tom, Tom, Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm at the gym. If you hear any background noise, I apologize. No, it's not a problem. Um, I, I will tell you what I I, have, I did notice from your special because Todd showing off wears a T-shirt that shows how muscular he is. Well, I'm not really. I'm not. You know what? I appreciate the compliment, but uh, if I had muscles like that, I wouldn't show them because there's an old thing in comedy that muscles aren't funny. Like you know what I mean? It's like there was a comedian walking down the improv years ago, and one of the owners of the improv he was going on stage with his. You know, his muscle, his arm, big arm. It's all right if you're in good shape, but you should, you know, it's not funny. And he True. goes, hey, he taps him on the shoulder. He goes, hey, muscles aren't funny. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, it's, it's a good, it's like, I think it's the sort of thing like Joe Piscopo died for our sins. Like yeah. he taught, come on, didn't, did he, did he, yeah, I know he's alive. What I mean is he went muscular like so many years ago. And it's like, it's just, it's not funny. No, I understand exactly what you're saying. So I'm not that, but uh, but I appreciate I appreciate. I'll take it. I should just shut up and take the compliment. Yeah, the compliment compliments um, are a good thing. There's no question about it. Yes, and the orchestra. Well, I mean, it, it's about a set. It's a seven piece. On the road, I try to have keyboards and drums in every market I go to. You know, some have played for me before. Uh, you know, like I just get guys that or women that listen to the podcast and they play for me as the people are being sat, because I think it adds a cool element to the night of, even as you're entering the club, there's two people on stage in black suits just playing jazz as you're being sat. It makes it like a, a cool evening. But for the special, I, uh, I, I, you know, we upped it a little. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you what, it was very, very impressive. I tuned in to watch the special when it, when it came out. And uh, all the, you got... Yeah, I, I see the drums. Oh, he's going to have rim shots, so that's good. And then I look, and there's the entire orchestra. You reference the orchestra quite often uh, in Act Well, they do is, bits, yeah. Yeah, they do bits, right. Uh, well, I don't want to give away too much to people who haven't seen it yet, but, yeah, they do. the orchestra does bits, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they, they and, and the more bits, like, the more they're with you, the more bits they can do. And it really does make touring fun, like, when you have two people that have, or three, sometimes I'll use like two musicians I've used and then I'll fill the band up with like, you know, like obviously one of the people in the band, all she did was play the triangle. So, you know, I'll, I'll like fill it up with other stuff. Sometimes I'll put somebody, you know, on ratchet, just one person on ratchet, you know, all night long. And give me some ratchet over there. But it, it does make performing fun. And it just, like I said, I feel like it makes it, it like an event. Like even as people are leaving after I say goodnight and the band's, wailing out a song instrumentally as they're exiting. So I, I, I really, I like it. I, I really enjoy it. I started doing it around three years ago. No, I, I think it's, it's wonderful having the entire orchestra on stage with you the whole time. I do have to tell you, and whoever was on the show, I say this too, but I, whenever I see in someone's bio, uh, including performances on Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, I tear up because I loved that show. I thought it was brilliant, and whatever happened, I don't know. Colin Quinn's a great guy, anyway. I've always liked Colin Quinn. Yeah, um, I'm I'm like an absurd Colin Quinn fan. Well, absurd yep. is a real word, but I I just love anything he does. Yep. I'm you know a big Colin Quinn fan, and that show, you know, it was it was a lot it was a lot of fun to do, and you know you talked about stuff. Sometimes people said things. Obviously, 
uh, that I don't agree with, but yeah. that was the place to do it, you know? Yep. Yep. So, uh, it, it, it was, it was always a lot of fun to do that show and you got to get a trip to New York and, yeah, so it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Well, I became a big Todd Glass fan many years ago, and the highest compliment I can pay someone is to say you're a smart ass because I find it... When you used to set people up, there was... I, you know, I don't remember what show it was on, but you were wearing a medical coat, and you actually even had a stethoscope around your neck, and you were fake... That was a bit I... Yeah, that was a bit I did for a while. I mean, who knows? There might be one or two left, but on Tosh Point, where it was just a the joke was. I feel like taking out of context, every bit that I did on there could sound no, no, know, I sexist or racist. I understand, but it was yeah, it was this concept of that I was the worst prank show in the world, right? And uh, that's why when people sometimes you know you'll read some of the comments, most people get it, but once in a while they'll simply go, "This is the worst prank show in the world," and you're like, "Oh, that's you know, point. You don't you don't get that's the joke." Yeah, and see, that's the yeah. whole thing. Some people did not get it was a joke. For me, it's my life. It's, I, I've lived my life that way. It's just, how, how do you not get that I wasn't being serious there? And, that, and when you did it, and it's not necessary to, to describe any of the bits. It's just the fact that, no. that at the end, you would just be, I mean, you were just such a pain in the ass. It was wonderful. And I, I'm sorry. It started from a stupid joke I would do when I would, like, go over to the uh, Tosh.0 offices and hang out with Daniel when he first got the show. Right. And I would go up to people, because I think prank show, there was some prank show on the air at that point that was so bad. And I'd go, oh, to anybody working there, do you know what time it is? And they'd go, oh, yeah, it's uh, 2.30. And I'd go, ah, I already know I have a watch on, you dumb piece of... You know, I would be like, you're so stupid. You're so dumb and you're so angry. You're so mad at me, you stupid pile of garbage. I can't believe it. And then I go, you're on my new awful prank show. I got you good, you stupid. So that's what... And then we're like, we should do something where it's just that this guy has the worst prank show in the world. Well, it's a great idea. That's all I have to say. I, I, I thought I, was a, I got the joke immediately, so if I'm the only one, I'm very proud of that. But I, I don't s- think I'm the only one. I swear there's a cluster of neurons that lets people, like, get satire, and some people just aren't born with it or something. Because I've seen people yeah, not get people, the yeah. most obvious satire in the universe. Yeah, you know, and the good thing is a lot of people do get it. And it's so silly. And some people might say, hey, I get it. And I still don't like it, of course. Not everybody that doesn't like it, it's because they don't get it. But, um, yeah, sometimes uh, it could, you know, it, some people don't. But, you, you know, on the Internet, if you read comments, the best thing I ever heard is, remember, it could be a sixth grader. You know, so you're like, oh, that's yeah. right. You forget who's commenting. You always think it's, like, yeah. the most savvy. But I don't want to go down a train of negativity because um, it's no reason to. I always catch myself, uh, you know talking about a percentage of people that don't get something but um but anyway i digress well no i mean in act happy you talked about a lot of the man you it's been a tough road to hoe there coming and going uh with with uh, all the stuff you talked about and i, I you know I, i'm one of i've been interviewing people now for like 48 years and i don't ever say you know why you know all i want to do is talk about what do your act and i, I that's not what i do at all but the, so you talked about a lot of I don't very, mind. You talked about a lot of very important things in Act Happy. And so I, I'm not saying, hey, Todd, could you just do part of your act? That's not what I mean at all. But you did talk about some very, very important things in, in Act Happy as well that have happened to you and what, what you're all about and who you are as a person, which I really admired. Well, well thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, it, it, a lot of it was like 
later in my career, uh, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I, I don't really talk about politics that much on one area that I think you might be talking about, and then there's obviously something else. But I, uh, I uh, you know, started to enjoy talking about social issues, and when I, when I wrote the book, I realized, wow, I, I, I don't really talk about this in my act. So this was the first special since, like I said, not politics, but more social issues, and, you know, it, it feels good to be able to vent about that stuff. I mean, mainly the biggest thing is, which I don't agree with, and I and I just feel like I talk about it 24 hours a day, and if somebody ever, my paranoia thinks someone goes, all right, enough already, I'll be like, oh, did it stop? When someone says enough already with that, you go, oh, did it stop? Oh, no, then probably, that's like if somebody, if a, if a cop was defending you from someone beating you up, and then, you know, he goes, all right, that's enough. Well, there's the other guy still beating me up, so maybe you should just keep helping me. So the, the constant, you know, the lost people that everyone forgets about is young people, you get such a shitty rap. Oh, can I curse? No, no? fine. I don't you're, know. You're, you're fine. Uh, bad rap. And, and it's not, you know, when you defend young people, not that I shouldn't defend them just for defending them, but you defend the world because the entire problem, and I'm not overstating it, what the world is, that older people have a trouble understanding that young kids don't get stupider. They get smarter. <laughs> it's just evolution. It's not even up for debate. I have a lot of things I'm passionate about that are still up for debate. In other words, what I'm saying, just because I'm passionate and I feel right about something, you still have to leave it on the drawing board to be discussed. That's how you bring other people with you. And on my best day, I'm kind when I discuss it. And because that's the only way people are going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. But I don't put the kids who are getting smarter into that category. Anybody who thinks they're not getting smarter. Um, it's, to me, it's like the world's round and kids get smarter. That's how factual it is. And, I don't know, maybe people are scared of dying and they'd like to believe that these young kids, not only do they have more time left on the planet, uh, not only do they have thicker hair, uh, that maybe they're smarter too. And that's, by the way, that's not pitting old people against young people. No, if, no. If, if I'm right, I'm going to say if. And young kids are getting smarter. Um, that's good. That's yeah. good. It's not, it's not like a bad thing. It's, not like it's, an, it's good. That means older people did a good job. Is that what you wanted? Did you want the young people to turn out even the same as you? Or did you want them to be smarter? Right. Or did you want them to be dumber? You know, by coincidence, Todd, just about two or three weeks ago, and I can't remember what the event was. It was, uh, they were talking about DACA or they were talking, I don't know what they were talking about. But Congress was all up in arms about something and the president was up in arms about something. And I went, I, uh, on a morning show, I've interviewed you on my morning show many times as well. I've, I've been doing it for 32 years. Yeah. I... I went on the next day on the morning show and I said, I have a question for America. Why do you want a bunch of 80-year-old people, uh, 70 or 80-year-old, not that they don't, they're not wise and they're learned and all the rest of it, but I saw, you know, Donald Trump is 71, you, you've got Nancy Pelosi who's, I think she's near 80 if she's not 80, you got, you got Chuck Schumer, you got Mike Pence, so it's, it's not just Democrats or, uh, or not just Republicans, it's both parties. Why don't they get some younger people in there to make the, because any decision they make, Todd, is not going to affect them at all, because they're rich right. and, and they're and old. By the, oh, go ahead. No, that's it. They're just rich and they're no, old. I, that's it. Yeah, I agree. And, and by the way, you know, it's not, like you said, it's not all older people. When older people, like me, in my opinion, someone like Bernie Sanders, acknowledges the brilliance of youth, that's when the two of them can move forward like a freight train. So when I say young people are getting, you know, I'm not saying all young people are brilliant, but the people that say, oh, kids today, all they do is this, or all they do is that, 
the reason that they say that, even if it's true, let's say, let's say, just to make the clean argument, that you found something. Because I know a lot of people that say they agree with me, but because I'm so passionate about it, even someone in that room right now where I'm, you know, you all are, mm-hmm. will we'll end the interview and then maybe go, I agree with them overall, but you've got to admit, they want to find a nuance where they're right. Like, even if you're right, let's say you're dead white, you found a nuance where they're getting, uh, you know, not as smart. They're not as enlightened, even, and I underlined it a hundred times, even if you're right, who cares? It's not important. It, you, the reason you're willing to talk about a nuance where they might not be, uh, they, they not, let's say, just call it layman's term, they're getting dumber and dumber, is because you're not aware where they're brilliant. You're not aware what they're yeah. brilliant. You're not aware what they're doing. Because if you did know how brilliant they were, you would find it insignificant to find a little nuance about them that you thought was not smart. So, you know, I, I just, you know, you know, so I talked about that in the special, and that was fun to talk about. It was cathartic for me to scream about that. Well, there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> at all. And Act Happy, you also talked to, uh, I mean, many, many things. You talked about your, your coming out party. Do you, did you... Uh, when you came out, did you feel a, like you had helped a lot of people? Because I got to believe, uh, look, the the quarterback on my my childhood football team, a guy named Cliff Siegel. By the way, you, you can tone down the flamboyancy of it. I didn't have a coming out part. Well, says, well, yeah, no, I was. No, it, it says, I was no, going to say. Wait a minute, Todd. That's what it says in your bio. I just read it right from your bio. No, it doesn't. Well, you honest? It's honest. Honestly, got it. That's what I was sent. Uh, yeah, we have a bio on the calendar. I don't know where it's from, but by yes, the way, uh, just so I'm curious, do you is this live or do you edit this? Both. I can edit. So you can tell me to go f myself if you want. But I, I really read that from oh. a bio that I was sent. Oh no 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 no! I'm not I'm not mad. Oh, I'm good. just joking with you. But but I am morbidly curious now what it actually says in the bio. Yeah, it just says. His coming out party. That's, says, there's no context or anything. It says, it's just like a thing that you uh, talk about. I'll read, that the makes whole, me so I'll read the whole. I'll read the whole. I'll read the whole line. It says Todd Glass's Netflix special, Act Happy. Try to keep up as comedian Todd Glass delivers a rapid fire stand up that bounces from his heart attack to his coming out party and how to eat a Kit Kat. That's the whole line. Oh, okay, you got to send that back to me, and then I'm going to call whoever wrote that and punch him in the face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad. Best of the Tom Bernard podcast. While in the merry month of May, now from me home I started, left the girls and two were nearly broken hearted, saluted father dear, kissed me darling mother, drank a pint of beer, me grief and tears, the smothered enough to reap the corn and leaf, for I was born, got a stout my sword to banish ghosts and goblins, a brand new pair of brogues to rock the love of the bogs and frighten all the dogs on the rocky roads, a double and one to three for five, hunt a hare and turn them down the rocky roads, and all the ways to double and make for all the Todd Glass on the best of. Coming up next, closing out the show. We're opening up the old All the way back to episode number 527 with Sean Donnelly. Top of the morning to you, Sean. Next on the best of all the ways to double and make for lolly and double and next the right I thought it's such a pity to be so soon in the five of you of that fancy then I took a stroll. Our special guest today, Sean Donnelly, is at Rick Bronson's House Comedy tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday, and a Sunday show. 
Steve's here. Did you hear your plug the other day? I gave you on the KQ Morning Show? Uh, my, yeah, my mom told me all about it. Your mom told you about <laughs> yeah. it? Was I nice well, to you? I forgot. Uh, yeah, I get from all, from everything I've heard, I actually haven't heard what you said, but yeah, my mom... My mom's like, she's ready to retire already now. She, she, she thinks she's got it made. Got yeah, it made. She's was got it a it Steve made. plug or a House of Comedy plug? No, it was a Steve plug. You said Steve's name. Yeah, Steve, Steve Carlson. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. Told I, a, I told him about a Rickles joke. That's what it was. That my parents went to Vegas. That was very and, funny. Yeah, it's a, it's a joke that my dad's always told me. That's, oh, okay. Yeah. And apparently he said it on the KQ show. And Tell Sean the joke because we were talking okay. about Rickles. We were talking about Rickles, anyway. talking about Rickles morning. Um, His dog's name is Rickles. Yeah, yeah, I heard that when I yeah it was when I was listening. Um, it, my parents were in Vegas in '83 and Rickles was performing. I think they said at the Nugget. Oh, okay. And there was <laughs> a couple right up front. I mean, front row. Asian man and a Mexican woman. So he starts. He starts talking to him. How you doing? How you doing? You know, and and yada yada and and he. Uh, so he starts going on about their relationship, and then he eventually goes, "Oh yeah, you know, I can see it now. I can see your kid under the sombrero now. Oh, I have a tuckle. <laughs> that was a phenomenal joke. And you'd never get away with it now. No, oh, God. No, no, you'd get arrested on stage. You would get arrested. You'd be like the Lenny Bruce of the new millennium. Did you remember that whole remember that whole Tracy Morgan thing that happened? It wasn't oh, yeah. racial. It was just him. Mm-hmm. I think he talked about rape or whatever it was on stage. Mm-hmm. And it was a live show that somebody happened to videotape. And he didn't get arrested, but he got crucified on, right. online. It was like Crazy. about uh, if he had a gay kid, right? That's what it was. Yeah, That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Well, technically, it was about having a flamboyantly gay kid, yeah, yeah. not just gay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it's a little different. Now, i got to tell you, by, this is a complete coincidence, too. I, I didn't know that I was going to be as busy as I was up until noon or 12.10 when we started. But Sean and I were just talking this morning. Yeah. Sean talked about the fact that he has to hide some of his cookie buying from his wife. <laughs> so what true. I, Sean, what I'm doing right now is yeah. trying to eat this food before my wife gets here. <laughs> By total coincidence. Is she yeah. even coming in? Yeah, she is bringing Jude in. Well, if she comes in and sees it, uh-huh. what's going to happen? You're just it's going to be what, what you go through. Yeah, yeah. It's you know I get I get sometimes I get the passive aggressive. It's fine. You do what you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's oh, the yeah. worst. That's the worst. It's like you just die literally. Yeah, that's, that's fine. fine. Whatever. You do what you want. But I thought you wanted to change. I thought you told me cuz I'll do the thing where I go, "No more soda for me. I have too much soda. Right. I can't drink soda." And then I'll oh, drink a soda in front of you. She goes, "Ah, soda." And I go, "What?" And she goes, "No, it's fine. You want you you it's up to you. It's, that, it's your <laughs> that literally just happened yesterday cuz my daughter's got me drinking the Zevia cherry cola because it's, you know, It's like less uh, sugar or whatever. Zero. Zero sugar, calories. but it's all natural. There's no yeah. artificial sweetness. It's zero in it. calories, but it doesn't taste like crap. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the idea. But I still have a wild cherry diet Pepsi, you know, once of, or twice a day. Of course, because you want to do a little change up. So twice yes. a day? I am not kidding you. <laughs> yeah. Twice a, how many sodas I have? I have so many. <laughs> oh, I do too. I have so many sodas. Well, I would just I would get soda. sick. Do you want to try uh, one of these? Or more? I, I knew no, a guy in college that would drink liters of diet Pepsi a day. Yeah. I mean, I mean, literally liters through your stomach. I, I, it does. I don't know. Problem. He'll probably be shitting in a bag at some point. I don't know. Yeah, it's but. it's pretty bad, but, it, but it, it's so good. Uh, but yes, so yesterday that very same thing happened. Catherine sits down there, and I've got the Diet Pepsi on the table. And she goes, ah, you got the Wild Cherry Diet Pepsi. 
Yeah, you know, I like to change it up a little bit. You know, the Zevi is great, and I really like it, but you change it up once in a while. Well, what's the difference, really? And it was, yeah, yeah, you know, your daughter expected you to change, but you're just not going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Just like that. Just happened yesterday. The only difference in ingredients is aspartame versus Zevia or Stevia. So, I mean. Yeah, and just by drinking a soda, you're disappointing your daughter. That's how how deep it got. from. But it's zero calories, so it's like, I don't know, what's the big deal? She got so upset with me because I was honest with her. Because she said, well, you know, that's not good for you. I may mean, cause health problems. I said, I don't want to live a long life. No. Oh, my God, did she have a <laughs> Oh, God, I want you to live to be 100. I don't want to live to be 100. Yeah, who wants to be 100? Have you seen 100-year-old people? Oh, they look They look like every movement is they're, di- they're dying, every movement <clears throat> that they Gabor, make. Oh, yeah. 97. Oh, she's ninety yeah, seven. Ninety seven. She said today, yesterday, that she was glad that Joan Rivers is dead because Joan picked on her. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. That's she got picked on by point. someone like seven years her younger. <laughs> yes, that's Stand right. up for yourself, Zsa Zsa. That's that kind of old where you can just say whatever you want. And everybody <laughs> yeah. Goes, oh, okay. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? Be your like, life. We're going to put you on trial now. Yeah. You're glad that Joan's dead. Oh, good for you. That's, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> she doesn't know what she's saying. But no, she has no idea. What you were talking about this morning, there are so many parallels between the way you live and the way I live. It's unbelievable. It's the same <laughs> bullshit. Oh, yeah. It's the, you know, I will tell you this. The last time... I ate a chocolate-covered peanut outside of my car. Yeah, was it ten years ago? Right, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I get the I get the thing. You can think with your wife. It's, now it's to the point where she's just preemptively mad at me. Like where she oh, yeah. literally, like anything I I could ask her the date and she'd be like, "Oh, the fourteenth. Like, like just any know. question. You know what I'm I saying? Know. Like because she knows that if it continues, there's going to be something that's going to annoy her in the conversation that I'm doing. Yesterday again, at the very beginning of the show, I do the intro. She's here. We do that. You go around the table. Everybody introduces themselves. First words on the podcast yesterday was my wife saying to me, "You're mean," <laughs> based on <laughs> the fact that I didn't want the dog barking outside the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll bring this little dog in with her, and he's a great dog. Yeah, but people don't want to hear dogs barking. No, of course not. They don't hear that. Well, no, he only like barks when he's outside, away from but precious mean, mom. Separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. He's definitely yeah, got absolutely. that. Well, he's yeah. a puppy, so I mean. Can't really blame him. No, I don't know. Maybe my dog, dog, has, my up, dog has separation anxiety. Maybe you should take mm-hmm. up drinking vodka in the garage, and then the rest <laughs> of the candy bars won't seem that bad. <laughs> oh, like just do, do a worse problem. Yeah. Right. Start doing heroin, and then yeah, like, yeah. okay, go back to the candy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Promise, I'll never say another word. Yeah, you know, right. Exactly. The first time I ever saw that, I was 19 years old. I was working. You saw someone drinking vodka in the garage? No, worse actually. <clears throat> drinking vodka so, in the tub. So I'm at work. That's fun. I'm at work. I'm 19 years old, and I'm doing manual labor. I, they had me lifting all these heavy, this, the, the galvanizing solution, this, mm-hmm. the, how they galvanize. They were like horse troughs. And apparently I was one of two people that was strong enough to put the clamps on and whip them up, and you spin them around to get the excess off, which, of course, gets all over your it's barrel. safe as yeah. well. Yeah. Sounds really like a great job. Yeah. Hotter than hell. Yeah. So I went into the men's room. Yeah. 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 It was like really Chinese on the railroad. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like it doesn't. Oh, I think I have a taco. <laughs> but, but anyway, so I go into the men's room. This is on the first week I'm there, and I can't. the toilet won't flush. Right, it'll just it stuck, and it, well, it flushed, but it just wouldn't stop running. Right, 
So I lift up the toilet tank, and there's two bottles of vodka in the toilet tank. <laughs> yeah, that was the idea. That was the move back then. I'm like, what? It wouldn't flush because the vodka had wedged up against the... So guys would go during work and go and drink vodka yeah. out of the toilet tank. That's gross. It's just bizarre. Well, I mean, it's, it's clean water in the, in the toilet tank. It's not that yeah. clean, though. There's well, a lot of uh, buildup of like minerals and crap in there because you don't clean the back of your toilet tank. Uh, some of us do. You don't clean the inside of it, but if it's all clean water going in there. Well, but I mean, like, have you ever looked in there? There's, like, paint chipping off, and it's like, I, I mean, don't know. talk about just have some class. That, I mean, that too. You mean so I shouldn't be drinking the water out of my toilet? <laughs> well, do you so, have lead-based paint? Uh, well, yeah, not, then, I, I, I purposely mean. got lead-based so I could just, just add flavor. Just add flavor to it. Yeah, get a little nice minty thing. Nothing wrong with that. Apparently, yeah. lead-based paint tastes sweet. Oh, does it? Yeah, that's wow. why kids would eat it. Oh, oh really? Yep. Oh, wow. Well, it has a sweet a taste. Yeah, it's got a sweet taste. I didn't know. Um, yeah, that's why kids would pick it off walls and eat it, and then that wouldn't go too well for them. Yeah, that doesn't work out. No, you're not supposed to eat lead. <laughs> yeah, eating lead is not. You know, that's, you know, actually thinking about it growing up, because that was back in my era when kids would, you know. Yeah, I think paint. 1970 is when they outlawed lead paint. Yeah, yeah I think that's probably right. The asbestos is like fairly recent too, where they're taking all the asbestos out of the building. Uh huh. Yeah. But they only do that if they have to, because it's better to leave it there than to take it out, because it get it kicks up, and that's when you start breathing it in. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause if it's just sitting get, there, then it's not going to hurt you. You get mesothelioma. Yep. You <laughs> yeah, you get one of those those uh, those lawyers to help you out. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see you've been to Florida before. <laughs> no, we have them all. We have them all over. They have them in New York. They have the guy. You guys have the Bender and Bender guy. Bender and oh, Bender. Yeah. Bender. Yeah. Wearing a cowboy hat. He's got the cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Talk about, about wearing a hat to cover baldness. I've never seen somebody wear a hat so terribly to cover baldness. <laughs> it's like wear it naturally. Don't pull it down like know, you're a, like you're a Marx brother. On, on yeah, your head. I wear baseball caps. You know, I got a full head of hair, but I wear baseball ball caps just because I don't feel like combing my hair. Yeah. So do, well, I have, I have I'm balding, and I have that's why I wear baseball caps. Yeah, wear baseball. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Most of your pictures, your yeah, promo pictures, I have a hat. baseball caps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I mean, all this this whole thing—it's like it, so many things that you brought up this morning on the KQ Morning Show. I was going, yeah, yeah, yeah that's me, that's yep. me, yeah, <laughs> I got that one too, yeah, yeah, exactly. it's true. Oh yeah, I get yelled at all the time. She yells at me. I didn't know that bath mats aren't supposed to get wet. She yells at me for that. What? What are bath they supposed mats? to do then? I thought they were floor towels that you just walk out and dry your feet. Uh, yeah, on bath I thought. No, they're supposed to. You're supposed to dry your feet before you get out of the shower, what? and then you just walk on the bath mat to. No, no. no. so bath no. mats are just. They're no. just no. there to cultivate, like. Plant life, then? They're, no, they're there to like. I guess so. You're not on a cold floor, but like women think that you just don't dry. I just I use it. I purposely dry my feet all over it. Well, I just put a towel on the floor. There you go. That's true. It does That's both. Saying, yeah, yeah, it does both. She That's might just is. be fucking with you. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a good very real possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. She just has fun screwing with yeah. you. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I got a good one. That is a good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there. I will tell you one thing. Uh, my very first roommate, uh, I would go in the bathroom. Just to prevent slipping. And I said oh, to my new roommate, how many of those towels do you have? He goes, what are you talking about? I said, what do you have, like 30 of the same towel? And he goes, no, I only got like one. 
He would use the same towel for See, like that's, two weeks. That's gross. Oh, that's gross. That is. It's know, like, what are you do doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's insane. You got like See, ass juice I'm on fair, it. I'm fairly <laughs> gross at home, but that's gross. That's really gross. It's gross. Oh, well, yeah. Just placed inside. Like I that. said, you're doing your pits and yes. your sack and your. <laughs> yeah, if you're doing if you're doing a thorough. Yeah. You yeah. think? Yeah. Maybe he just. So when it dries out, I said it's still ass juice. I don't doesn't, care if it's dry ass juice. He doesn't or not. dry his ass. Yeah. Maybe you're, you're recycling <laughs> you go, the ass juice. Yeah. <laughs> you are. Well, I've got good news for you. <laughs> Wise Geek says that bath mats are indeed for absorbing water and to prevent slipping. See, well, simply absorbing water, but also as a drying uh, instrument. Well, I mean, like absorbing water, it could just be like, oh, the water's on your feet when you step out on it. But is it yeah. also they saying that, hey, p- dry your feet on oh, it? Because I, see I will take saying. this article straight back to New York to my wife. And how, how do you think that's going to work <laughs> for like, you? Aha! Right in your face! <laughs> and I'm having a Pepsi. Well, basically, <laughs> they're, I'm drinking a soda. Yeah. They're designed to d- absorb water without getting gross too quickly. You still have to, you know, like clean them. But, yeah, but yeah, they can get as wet as you want. Oh, that's, that's why they've got the rubber bottom and all that. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's logical to me. You know, that, makes sense. Sham, wow. that definitely makes sense. It kills me. Now, Sean grew up in <clears throat> Long Island, Long Island, New York, and. One thing I, I told you, you know, I, I lived in New York for like six years just doing voiceover. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved New York. Loved living lived in Manhattan. Lived in Manhattan. Yeah. But what I loved about New York, and New York's supposed to be like the cultural center of the world. Yeah, I was yes. going to ask, when you were growing up in Long Island, was everybody in your class like a junior comedian? Because it seems like every comedian is from Long Island. Uh, no, there was funny dudes. I think Long Island has that that ball busting uh, yeah. that kind of mentality. Most more people like that than you know, other places. But yeah, there was a bunch of funny guys in my class, but not every single person. But yeah, we had my friends and I would yeah you, know, you you bust on each other back and forth. But yeah, there was a bunch of funny dudes. What I loved is New Yorkers. Again, supposed to be the cultural center of the world, right. and everybody's you know they're New Yorkers, right? But what I found when I moved there. They profile more than any people on earth. Because, like, if I said to my roommate at the time, hey, I'm having a friend come over to our party. He goes, oh, yeah, who's that? Sean Donnelly. Uh, does he like to fight? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's the only place that those stereotypes still hold true. It's like true. The, the Italian and the Irish and, yeah, everything, oh, yeah. and the Jewish oh, yeah. and, the, and, and, and you know, the Latin and all that. It's pretty much it's all where those stereotypes still hold true. Because nobody oh, yeah. knows what Italian – like nobody knows the Italian-Irish stereotypes anymore if you go to other parts of the country. No, they don't. No, they don't. It's no. the only place – because that's where they first got to and we just held on to it for some reason. Which I think is great because of the neighborhood aspect of New York to this day. I love that. Yeah. I live in an Italian neighborhood. Yeah. I live, it's, I live I mean, off I Graham love... Avenue in Brooklyn. And it's like, I mean, me and my wife literally go to a restaurant, this place, Frost. It's on Frost Street. And it started off in the 50s as like a fish shack and then just grew into a restaurant. Really? And these these old Italian guys still own it. I love that whole the it's cultural cool. thing. It's cool. It's cool. But it's just, you know, when you're paying through the nose to live someplace, you're like, mm-hmm. it, it loses Brooklyn, its charm after a while. Brooklyn's yeah. not what it used to be, man. No. Those rents are a little higher now. Yeah. My best man in my wedding's name was Tom Gorman, Irish kid from Cleveland. Yeah, and he was Irish, Irish too. Like I off mean, the boat, like like uh, nah, not like, off the like, boat, but, but he just almost. really into being Irish. Yeah, yeah. You know <laughs> I mean? uh, so we went to see Blazing Saddles. Oh yeah, and my again, dad's favorite movie. If people are offended by some language, you're gonna have to plug your ears for a second because I, the line's not funny unless you say the line. Yeah. But I will never forget. I'm sitting there watching Blazing Saddles, and. 
the announcement is made, we'll take the niggers and the chinks, but yeah. we don't want the Irish. <laughs> I looked at Tom. His face was beet red. <laughs> He wanted to go up and tear the goddamn screen. <laughs> it was phenomenal. He was so yeah. offended. That's like one of those those Irish Irish guys that yeah, that, oh, yeah. Very, like if you called him a Mick, he would get mad probably, right? Like if you said if you said Tom, you're a Mick. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 oh yeah, that that means nothing to me. Yeah. No, he and was. I, my family's pretty Irish, but like you know, I, I'm 100 percent Irish, but we don't you know we don't have that. He's like, I, I don't have that mentality. You don't, uh, Decorate everything in shamrocks and not really. My 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 mom will do it a little bit, but and my sister loves it. Like she, my sister been to Ireland a couple times and she loves mm. Irish stuff, but not to the point where like we'll take offense at it. You know, it's like right, we're not right. we're not Irish enough to do that. You know, like whatever. Saint Paul is a very Irish Italian town. Yeah, it just is. I live in really. A, yeah. Irish. I live yeah. in a very Irish neighborhood. Yeah, a very Irish neighborhood. Oh yeah, Saint, Saint Paul is yeah. yeah yeah. But even Minnesota Wonderful. in general is very. Uh, there's a lot of Irish. A lot of right? Irish people yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We and the place is closed now, so. I can say this, but I mean, I don't think people know this part of Minnesota. Like when I grew up, it's a lot different than it used to be. But yeah. we went to this bar. You know, I won't say the name because I think they're closed, but I'm not sure. Okay, and just, it wasn't their yeah, fault. So, just whisper it. But it's very. <laughs> they won't hear that. McCafferty's. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they are closed because it had. Yeah, they're closed. McCafferty's was this great. Irish pub, and it was very Irish. And if I was going to go with Tom, I had to be with Tom. Otherwise, you can't come. You can't, wow! That's I mean, it was that Irish, Irish right? You know, yeah. what was the place right down the street from there? It was the same uh, O'Connell's. O'Connell's, yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, guy. yeah. I mean, it was just wonderful. We're in there one time, and it was very loud because everybody's getting in political arguments and they're yelling at each other. And yeah, you're, you don't know a goddamn thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one uh, magnificent stories. You know, I wanted to kill this one son of a bitch one time, and the, the prick went and died on me. So I said to my brother, "Let's go dig the fucker up and kill him again." I mean, so it's kind of Just a bunch of leprechauns. Oh, God. So we're sitting at McCafferty's, and it's loud, and we're having a ball. It was just fun, right? Just a lot of fun. All of a sudden, the bar goes quiet, not a sound. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm looking around. I hope it's not me. Yeah. And I look over, and there's a guy sitting. At the bar wearing a turban. Oh, my God. Now, this is in 1976. Wow. He was the first one? Yeah. Probably the first guy in the state with a turban. (laughs) So here's a guy sitting at a bar wearing a turban, right? And I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm edging my way over there to say, you know, this might not be the best choice to make. Place for you to be, yeah. Before I get over there, I hear... Hit the fucking road, Haji. (laughs) 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 But that's, I mean. Yeah, that's that old school type of. Old school neighbor. Hey, if you're Irish, you're Irish. And I hate that about Boston, your hometown, because you could be the wrong kind of Irish. You could be a townie, or you could be Southie, or you could be. You're Irish, but you're the wrong kind of Irish. Yeah, totally. Well, it's what they do in Ireland, so it's as authentic as you can get. I loved Ireland. Have you ever been in Ireland? Yeah, I went to Northern Ireland. I actually, you know know why I went to Ireland? Why? Because I was in an ad for Bushmills Whiskey. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that's wonderful. (laughs) This was crazy. It was a a print ad for Bushmills Whiskey, me and three other comics that were in it, and they wanted to do like the regular guy guide type thing. Like, we're friends, so, you know, it's like they called it Bushmill Brothers. So we went and did it, and part of the promotional thing was, you get a, a quick trip to to Belfast. 
was pretty oh, cool. It wonderful. was really cool. We were there for a few days, but I've cool. never had such a busy trip before in like in like three days. Like went to see, I saw where Van Morrison was born and stuff like that, and like all all the stuff. It was really, really all cool. of it. Did the Carrick Reed Rope Bridge and went to the distillery where the where the whiskey was made, and it was it was really great. It was awesome. A friend of mine. <laughs> I want to go to the south, though. I want to go to Dublin. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I hear you do not want to go to Dublin. Why is that? It's the kind of Detroit-y at this point. Dublin? Oh, is lot, it? A lot of crime. Yeah. Detroit-y. Yeah, it's, like, it's the Detroit of Ireland. Because sure the economy is talking right about now, right? Belfast? Belf- no, Belfast was... No, Dublin. About Belfast or okay. you about Dublin? Dublin. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got, heard that it was getting like that. Problem. I didn't know it was Detroit bad, but well, it's not. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, the city's bad. burning. You cannot <laughs> get the city's De- burning. Yeah, the city's there can on only fire. be one Detroit. It's like uh, the Highlander, but yeah. it's, it's close. <laughs> yeah, honest to God, John, I could sit here and, and talk Irish culture all day. Oh, sure. There's yeah. so many great stories and things that people have said and done. I grew up Roman Catholic. Yeah, you know, I'm not yeah, Irish. So did I. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. It's and people don't understand that. Yeah, it's Christian, but it's between Christianity and Judaism. Yeah, it's, it's a, Catholicism it, is its own culture. It's its own culture. It really. And it's is. also, I think, out of all the religions, it's the most. I don't want to insult anybody. And say it, it's the most down to earth, realistic. See, I got an argument about that. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I you know. Know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell your wife that, and we'll see how down to her she thinks it is. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. And this is the thing. I'm not even religious. I just, I no, just, I'm not either. Maybe, you know what it is? I think it's because I grew up that way. I think we grew up that way, and we saw what it was like. And we see. Right. Like, just, just, I'm just comparing what I've seen. I'm not, I'm not trying to insult you. No, you're means. not insulting me. Uh, my, uh, wife's, my wife's Irish Catholic. Oh, okay. There you go. We but get you know, but you, here's the thing, them. though. You don't agree with me, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know exactly it, what you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but if, you, if, it was, if I was off the mark, you wouldn't know no, no. what I was talking about. No, yeah, I exactly. know exactly. My mother, who was big-time Roman Catholic, and this was coincidence. My wife, who I think is going to be here some year, happened to be Catholic. You know, I just got lucky. She yeah. was Catholic, and we got married in a Catholic church because my mother would have had a goddamn heart attack. My mom did silently, I think, when we didn't. Because oh. my wife, my wife is she grew up Baptist. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there you go. That's yeah. a, it was a very, very big deal to her. I mean, honest to God, that oh, you didn't really mix race deal. You're gonna marry a Luther. Okay, that's mixed race. But uh, yeah, she, like Mike, Mike Rasmussen, right behind you, Sean. His brother is marrying my daughter. Oh, really? In about three really? weeks. Oh, cool. Yeah. In three weeks. <laughs> matter, is it Catholic or is it? No, they're Lutheran. Okay. Both My mother. Laid back. Laid back Lutheran. Yeah, super laid back. Yeah, Lutherans totally. are laid back. Yeah, right? yeah. super For laid back. Part, it's like Protestants. Oh, geez. Protestants yeah. are laid back as well. Toots would still frown on it. Yeah, yeah. Mixed race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She'd be pissed. <laughs> My mom, I think my mom had, and it, like we we didn't get married. My wife was gonna let us do it, and then she saw the church, and she didn't like the church like where the church. I grew up. So she was like, "No, I don't want to do it." So I was like, "Yeah, whatever you want, that's fine." I think my mom was like, "Uh," and she makes oh, those yeah. she makes those passive aggressive Irish mom comments. She goes, oh, you know, you could have done it for me, but that's okay. That's nah, you don't worry it's, about it's, me. It's, it's don't worry about me. Maybe your next one. Maybe the next one. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I, see that that whole deal of the. Now you grew up Lutheran, I assume. Yes. Carlson, the name Carlson. Now, there's like 15 different kinds of Lutheran, isn't there? More than that. The, well, more than 15? Uh, well, Luther, Luther, Lutherans were the original Protestant church. Martin Luther. Yeah, because he yeah. was the first one to uh, stand. Yeah, yeah, 70 99 theses in the door of the Catholic uh, right. church. So Let's either see, way, branches of Lutheran. Now there's over 150 because all Protestants, all evangelicals, they're all considered 
you know, Protestants. I mean, it's like there's probably over 150 at least. I'd like to give everybody an example of how bad it can go, though, <clears throat> because people don't know this. But a certain historical figure grew up Catholic and turned Lutheran later on in life. Adolf Hitler. See what happens. See what happens. What do you got to say about that, a Lutheran? <laughs> yeah. I've been the Catholics in that one. They came from a bad place. <laughs> they came from. <laughs> been blessed with the luck of the Irish, for you have downloaded and listened to the complete best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, ah, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week from the Sklar Brothers, Todd Glass, and my main man, Sean Donnelly. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week.